Welcome to Storytime. Tonight's story was written and performed by John Bence. At 4.58 a.m. on January 28, 2020, the passengers aboard Southwest Flight 008 en route from DFW to BWI are cruising at an altitude of 37,000 feet, approximately 537 miles from their destination. A small bump, otherwise noted as a barely perceptible bout of turbulence, passes Flight 008 through a temporary wrinkle in the local region of space-time. What these passengers will soon find out as they descend into BWI is that the wrinkle has transported them 20 years into the future, and the year is now 2040. This is the story of the passenger in seat 27A. God, it's hard to believe it's been two years already. <laughs> I mean, my dad told me life's gonna play tricks on you, but not like this. Fuck. All right, let me let me collect my thoughts for a minute. Oh yeah, yeah. My name is Walter Lennon. I am making this recording at the behest of the resistance, or better put. The resistance made this recording possible. I'm going to start from the beginning. There will be gaps and I will have to circle back. My memory may fail, but I'm going to try my best. (sighs) All right, here goes. I went to Dallas for a family funeral. Beloved Aunt Jane had died, finally. Not to sound cruel, but she'd been a veg... Oh, okay. Nobody nobody cares about my dead aunt. But I did get laid though. One of my cousin's friends. Okay, all right. Nobody I'm I apologize for that. Nobody cares about my dead aunt or the fact that I got laid in Dallas. <laughs> uh, full detailed description if I ever get out of this shit. I promise. All right, back to the flight. I uneventful. I slept mostly. The only thing that seemed weird is that it was really dark around BWI when we landed. I mean, the place looked closed. So we landed and nothing. I noticed weeds growing out of the cracks in the runway. The flight attendants looked confused. Most of the airport was dark. Only a small section was lit plane came to a stop and everyone was like, what the fuck? No one's phones worked. No service. Weird. Finally, finally, trucks pulled up to the side of the plane and several black clad, heavily armed men entered, rounded up the pilots and crew and exited the plane without saying a word. This can't be good. Then the plane went dark. The jet engines powered off. The vents went quiet. Like it had just been turned off. P-51 
People were freaking out at this point, yelling, even banging on the side of the plane. To no avail, we sat there for hours, sweating. Then I heard something something weird. Someone said either it's 2040 and Ryan Seacrest is president, or in 2040, Ryan Seacrest will be president. What? I mean, I... I don't know. Maybe maybe they were just playing around. I don't know. Trump's president now. Who could have predicted that 20 years ago? I can't be right. But it is. But not in the way you're thinking. I don't want to get bogged down in that. More on that later. So, so we're hustled onto a, a bus with blackened windows and driven into the night. More yelling, pleading, banging on the painted windows of the bus. The road was bumpy. I could see a small sliver of pavement through a, through a small opening in the paint. I could see what looked like vines. At least I thought. We drove for miles on a road so narrow, tree branches constantly rubbed the side of the bus. Finally, they brought us to what looked like a trailer park or a campground. The sun was blinding when they let us off the bus. Small white trailers assembled to match the seating plan of the airplane. My seat was 27A, so my trailer was 27A. The center road was like the center aisle of the plane. Everyone was shown to their accommodations. Someone yelled, this, this is some kind of a reality show. People laughed. Nervous laughter. It seemed unlikely. I, I don't remember signing up for anything like that. At this point, we were all starving. They fed us. Okay, I guess I should stop here. I guess I should describe this they... They were people. They wore masks and gowns and gloves and clear plastic shields over their faces like they were afraid we would infect them with something. They were stern and used movement and gesture to communicate with us or boss us around, really. Day after day after day passed. All the same. They fed us gave us clothes, no information. Our wills were broken. It was so fucking hot. Eventually, the people in the hospital gear were replaced by robots. They continued to feed us. As time went by, people became resigned, accepting, stopped asking asking questions. Began to move on, so to speak. Clicks formed, neighborhoods sprang up, some coupled up. A baby was born. No shit. There were three main theories as to what the fuck had happened. And I'll boil them down. They are as follows. One, 
some kind of cataclysmic event happened while we were in flight, and and anybody's guess here, two aliens have taken over planet Earth. Hey, why not? Three, we have fallen into a time warp and been transported to the future. Hey, it's as good as any. Frankly, I got nothing. Then one day the robots didn't come. No food. Things got lean. We were eating bugs. And then these people came, rescued us. I call them the resistance because they look like a resistance. No uniforms, dressed in rags, fucking intense, and armed to the teeth. They keep talking about a die-off. I have learned some bullshit. Oh, shit, they're motioning to me. I gotta go. This is Walter Lennon. This is Walter Lennon. I've seen enough shit in the last three days for a hundred lifetimes. The resistance. Resistance my ass. They ain't resisting nothing. They're running scared, just trying not to get stepped on. I finally got some answers. It's the year 2042. There's been a great die-off. The great atrophy, they call it. It started with a simple virus back in 2020. Coronavirus, or COVID-19. The first year, it wasn't too bad. But every year, a new strain would appear. A more resilient and aggressive strain. At the same time, in the Arctic, ancient viruses and bacteria that had laid dormant in the frozen tundra for thousands of years were being released as the Arctic ice cap melted. Multiple global pandemics raged across the planet. Governments failed. War became endemic. The United States split into four. And yes, Ryan, Cre- Ryan Seacrest was the president of the nation of California. But only as a figurehead, the nation of California was really ruled by an all-knowing, all-seeing algorithm developed by the boys at Google. Ryan Seacrest was just the affable face of the algorithm. That's all. It's estimated that 80 to 90% of the global population died. My family, friends, life as I knew it, all gone. Have to push that down now. It's just about survival now. Ow, God fucking damn it. Oh, these mosquitoes are fucking killing me. People, animals are dying. 
but insects, ants, mosquitoes, flies, they're all doing great. No butterflies, though. And vines. It's a world choked with vines now. Oh, before I forget, where we landed, BWI Airport, being located between Washington and Baltimore, it was in the new country of Liberal Landia, which is now defunct. The states of the old Confederacy made up the nation of Conservatopia, also defunct. The Republic of California and occupying parts of old Idaho and Montana is the white nationalist nation of Liebensramia. Sadly, only the white racist state is still functioning. The earth plunged back into darkness. Scientific expertise waned. Superstition and conspiracy theories ruled the day. A new dark age. Humanity lay vulnerable. Then came the giants. Of course, we couldn't see them coming because all the world's space agencies had ceased to exist. Humanity was blind. But wait, I'm... I'm getting ahead of myself here. The resistance, the last three days. I have hit on the right phrase to describe what I have been calling the resistance. They are quite simply hunter-gatherers. That's it, a small band of hunter-gatherers. So why didn't they kill me or us? They almost did. I overheard them arguing. The woman, the one with the baby strapped to her hip, she wanted us dead. We will be a strain on their resources. Too weak, no skills. They're no good to us alive. I say we kill them and cook them and eat them, she said. But no, said a man who seemed to be the leader. We need to be a bigger tribe. More members will make us less vulnerable. If they don't work out, we will harvest them. That didn't sound good. They told us we would not be killed, but anyone who does not conform to the group or who who cannot pull their own weight will be killed. They made good on their promise two days later when Doris and her baby were executed. Afterward, A pointed stick was rammed through their bodies from mouth to anus, and they were roasted over a fire on a turn split. Yeah, they did that. (sighs) Look, I can't. I... I have had to drop the mask of civility. So we... We roamed through the... through a forest of scraggly trees and vines. I don't know what was worse, the suffocating heat or the constant biting insects. We went from abandoned house to abandoned home to abandoned building, looking for anything we could find. Canned goods, mainly. Dogs and cats were fair game. The occasional deer. 
We saw heaps of corpses, half-skeletal bodies hanging from trees or light posts covered in vines. The rhythm, hunt, gather, set up camp, live off what we had hunted and gathered, send out an advance team, break camp, move on. We followed the setting sun. The earth started to vibrate. Earthquake, I thought? No, giants, I was told. I haven't seen a giant myself yet. I'd only seen them streak across the sky like meteors and then heard the thump when they landed. Well, I've seen a giant now. 20 stories tall, easy. Made from flesh and machine. Helmeted with a visor that can shine like a giant flashlight or shoot a deadly laser. We were doing our usual plundering. The earth's vibrations had grown more intense. There was a constant hum of what sounded like huge machines working in the distance. Eventually, the forest ended at a cliff. A vast, immense wasteland stretched before us. I could see a team of giants working in the distance. Four of them dropped a huge dome the size of a football stadium to the ground. Then from the dome came a thunderous pounding that caused large fissures to form on the surface of the earth. Then when the pounding stopped, the giants, using colossal machines, would scoop away the crust of the earth. An ungodly earthly smell and a chill wind was an ungodly earthly smell came up. They had created an endless vista of a, dunate, of a denuded landscape. Their enormous ship hung in the sky, black and ominous. A few landed, retro rockets shooting from their immense boots. A few took off, leaping into the sky, rockets firing. We should turn back now. In the morning, we shall follow the rising sun. So that's it. The giants. They aren't sages. They're not here to teach us anything or learn anything. They're not trying to contact us or discover us or speak to us. Hell, they're not even here to invade or conquer or enslave us. They are just miners. They will rip and tear at the earth until they have extracted every last resource. Ceaselessly, remorselessly, they will leave the earth a dark, lifeless hulk. This is Walter Lennon, out. <laughs>